right, thank you, Kyle. Thank you, our praise team, and thank our choir and all of you who've worshipped this morning. Thank you so much for being here. If you brought your Bibles, turn to Psalm, Psalm 1, first division of Psalms. Psalm 1, we'll look at verses 1 through 6. I want to share a sermon in, simply entitled, The Picture of My Life, Pretty or Ugly? The picture of my life, pretty or ugly. And while you're finding Psalm 1, let me just mention and say thank you for supporting our revival effort this past, past week. We had uh, Brother Daniel Wilson did a fantastic job, and so he had a good time. He's a great preacher. Uh, you know, he just, uh, I mean, he blessed my heart, and I know if you were able to attend, he blessed your heart, and God really worked and the lives of so many people, and I rejoice in that. And so we'll talk with him one day. We'll have him come back. He fell in love with you and our church, our faith family, and our community. And and so um, anyway, he's. Uh, I've already spoken to him, and he appreciates your hospitality and our love offering we presented to him. And so uh, it was a good week, and thank you for your faithfulness. And so just continue to pray for him and his ministry. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 6, God's Word says, Blessed or blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to share your word. Thank you for a time of worship. And so, Father, we pray now as you speak to our hearts through your Holy Spirit. We pray we'll be attentive to your word. Open our hearts, our mind. Speak to our hearts. Speak to us individually. Then at the appropriate time, we'd be obedient to your spirit, follow your spirit's leading, Father, to make those decisions, those life-changing decisions, Father, that we need to make in our own personal lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, have you or your children ever been part of a picture-coloring contest? You know what I'm talking about. A pharmacy that we use up in Russell, they have this picture coloring contest during special holidays around Thanksgiving and around Christmas and Easter. And so they display these, they offer children in the high schools to color these pictures and then they display them on the wall, put all the entries on the wall by, by, uh, by uh, age uh, and by grade how old they are, and then whatever grade they are in school. And they have some guidelines in regards to those pictures. You have to use, you know, have to use proper colors. Grass is what color? Green. Grass is green. You all do real good with those pictures. 
Grass is green. Black birds are black, and red birds are red, and blue birds are blue, and water, the ocean, is blue. And, and so you have these kind of guidelines where you stay, you know, you, you use the proper color, and you stay within the lines. I remember when I used to color. And a lot of adults, senior adults, are using those color sheets now. I'm just not into that yet. But uh, I, uh, Judy's looking for some now, I think, for me. But anyway, the adults are coloring. So anyway, uh, it's, it's a good pastime, no doubt. And then you have a judge to come by. You know, the judge comes by and looks at all those pictures, and the judge judges, which is the best, which is first prize, or first place, second place, third place. But in this, we're going to look at just two. We're going to look at the prettiest, and we're going to look at the ugliest. Now, I brought some pictures with me this morning. I'm going to share with you one at a time some that our children colored when they were young. The first one you're going to see on the screen is a picture our daughter colored. Now, this is Corey. Corey colored this picture years ago. I don't know how old she was, but she wrote me a note, um, and she, if you noticed, it's not printed. She, she wrote that note. And longhand, and she said to Daddy from Corey, keep this up at all times at any place, exclamation. So she wanted me to keep that picture. Then I have one from Kyle. I don't know how, how, uh, I don't know how old Kyle was. He signed it, but he's in the blue. I mean, there's the water fountain, blue, water fountain, blue. Looks like it has a major spill going on, but it's kindly, it's kindly kept in intact it's not spilled everywhere and he's outlined his pants you know he had some nice pants he put that on then i borrowed one from mike norton he did when he was little and so you see <laughs> i told him i was going to do this i mean look at that uh, i said he's called to preach lately i noticed he's got two crosses on his chair arms there and he's got a purple bible and and so you got pretty you got ugly you got pretty you got ugly. <laughs> you pretty, you got ugly. So when you read Psalms 1, 1 through 6, that's a contrast between the righteous person, the godly person, and the unrighteous person, or the ungodly person. And keep this in mind, because each one of us are painting portraits of our lives every day by the way we live. Students, keep that in mind. Adults, keep that in mind. We're painting portraits of our lives and how we live. So this morning, God wants us to see the true picture of our lives, whether our lives are pretty, godly, or whether our lives are ugly, ungodly. And so first of all, if you're taking notes, the first picture is verses 1 through 3 in Psalm, Psalm 1. 1 through 3 is that of a godly person. And this is painted in very vivid colors, lively colors. Listen, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of ungodly. First of all, the godly person enjoys the blessings of a relationship. Now, if you're a Christian here this morning, you should be enjoying the blessings of a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus. Notice, blessed is the man. Now, Personal Hebrew theology was not always sound godly theology, and the same holds true today with a person's personal theology. It's not always sound with biblical theology because the Hebrews believed that you were blessed by God if you, if you had material possessions. They believed you were blessed by God if you had 
if you had lots of children, if you had, if you had first of all, at least one son, you were blessed by God. You were blessed by God if you lived a long life. And so even today, during testimony times in churches, you'll hear people say, well, I'm blessed by God because I have two cars and I have a nice home and I, want, I have good health and I have a good job and I have a lot of friends and I'm really blessed by God. And while they just said that, seated in the sanctuary, somewhere is a person who's without a job. Or perhaps the spouse has walked out on him or her. Or perhaps they have an alcohol problem. Perhaps they have a spouse with an alcohol problem. Perhaps they have a drug addiction problem. A child has gone bad, perhaps. Or maybe no child at all, at all and they've been wanting children. Maybe they don't even have a car. Maybe they don't even have transportation. And they're thinking after hearing how God had blessed that person, oh, I, I'll never be blessed by God like that. I'll never be blessed by God. Here's the point. Always remember the person who has a relationship with God through Jesus Christ is a blessed person. A blessed person. So first of all, the godly person is blessed because of a relationship with Jesus Christ. But he goes on. The godly person refuses to go in the direction of the ungodly. Do you notice that? Look at verse, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. Now notice what this Notice what, the notice what the godly person refuses to do. He don't want to be ungodly. He'll not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He'll not stand in the way of sinners. He'll not sit in the seat of the scornful. So he won't, he won't walk, he won't stand, he won't sit. You see the, see the steps there. So always remember that a person's behavior... Now listen, notice he's not going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He's not going to stand in the way of sinners. He's not going to sit in the seat of scornful. So always remember that a person's behavior is always, really, if you hang with people, if you're hanging with friends at school or if you're, if you're socializing with a group of people, a person's behavior is always influenced by his or her friends. Keep that in mind. You're influenced by their habits, you're influenced by their ideals, you're influenced by their theology, their spiritual beliefs. So be careful who you hang with. Be careful who you are close associates with. You say we're not supposed to be friends with lost people, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that's not supposed to be your inner circle alone. So a person walks away from God in degrees. Did you notice that? First of all, there's curiosity. He or she walks, you know, walks with them and listens to their advice. Notice what happens there. He, they will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If you need some counseling in your life, don't go to the ungodly. Don't listen to the ungodly. Find the godly to talk to. Find a believer to talk to. So out of curiosity, he and she walks with them and listens to their advice. You know, when you have some, when you're needing advice, you don't go to an ungodly person and seek, seek godly advice from, a godly, from an ungodly person. 
Secondly, notice uh, perhaps because of interest, he or she stands with them. That just simply means after a while they're doing what they're doing. And then the lifestyle, number three, he or she sits with them, and all of a sudden they become scornful of the godly. And so you have, you have to be careful because a person walks away from God in degrees. Before they wouldn't walk, they wouldn't stand, they wouldn't sit. Now you'll find some that will walk and they'll stand and they'll sit with the ungodly. So the point is the person who desires to be blessed by God, there are thoughts and places and people who he or she cannot associate with, cannot, should not associate with. Therefore, a godly person, number one, enjoys a relationship with God through Jesus. Number two, refuses to go in the direction of the ungodly. Then I jotted this down. A godly person is approved by God's laws. Look, if you will, verse 2, but he delight, the godly person delights in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate upon it day and night. The point is his pattern, his life, the way he lives is by the teaching of the Word of God. If you're a godly person, you should be living by the teaching of the Word of God. That's the way you should live. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate on it day and night. Does that mean he walks around praying all the time, quoting scripture all the time? That's not what that means. You see, all of us, all of us do things in the day, or we do things in the night. One or the other, perhaps. I mean, we work in the day, some people work at night. Uh, students go to school in the day, some students go to school at night. Some college students, you know, they have, they have night classes. I have teenagers who date in the daytime, perhaps some date at night. We function in the day and the night. So the point is, whatever a godly person does, day or night, he governs his life, her life by the teachings of God's Word. In his mind does he meditate day and night. Go around quoting Scripture, praying all the time? No. Uh-uh. But whatever he's doing, ever how he's living, he's allowing God's Word to govern him, to direct him. Are you living that way? Are you the godly person he's, he's sharing about? He meditates upon it day and night. So a godly person... A godly person has a relationship with God through Christ. A godly person walks not in the world. A godly person meditates day and, day and night. I'll notice something else. A godly person becomes mature and dedicated. Look at verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and bringeth forth his fruit in his season. It says, and his leaf shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper and so he becomes a fruitful person if you're a believer and you're meditating and you're allowing god's word to 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 guide you and direct you you'll become you'll bear fruit you'll be steadfast in what you believe if you're praying and meditating in the way that you live your life you become a fruitful person you're transplanted from an old barren desert that your life once was you're, you're transplanted in life, and now you're standing straight and tall next to the living water. 
He's standing. If you'll notice there, he's standing. He's planted by the rivers of water. His, he bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. And so you have a godly picture. Now, is that picture pretty or is it ugly? Is it pretty? Say amen. Is it ugly? No, it's not ugly. It's a beautiful picture of a person who's a godly person. It should be a picture of your life and my life. But look as we close. Now the picture of the ungodly, verse 4 through 6. He says the ungodly are not so. There, I mean, that just pretty well, that sums it up in reflection the, of the ungodly person. As you think about the godly, the ungodly is not so. So the first thing, the ungodly, not so. Different from the godly, polar opposites, not the same. The ungodly are not so, but they're like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And so, first of all, there's no relationship with God. Remember, polar opposites. Godly has a relationship to God through Jesus Christ. Ungodly doesn't have a relationship. They say no to God's law. They're ruled by the flesh. If it feels good, do it. There's no, you know, they'll say, I'm not hurting anybody but myself. And all these excuses and justifications and, and uh, rationale. And so they're completely opposite than the godly person. Number three, there's no godly character in that person's life. They're in the process of a downward direction in life. If you're without Jesus Christ, you may not realize this. Let me share it with you. You're falling. You're in a downward spiral. And one day you will hit rock bottom without Jesus. You see, um, they're in this process of this downward. They walk. Notice that. They walk with the ungodly. They stand with the sinner. They sit, verse 1, they sit with the scornful. They scorn the godly. So you have, you have verse 1, you have the godly that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. With the ungodly, you have those that walk with the ungodly. The, un the godly will not stand with the sinner. The ungodly stands with the sinner. The godly will not sit with the scornful. The ungodly sits with the scornful. And they even become scornful to the believer. It's downward. So how are you different from the godly? The ungodly, the Bible says, are not so. It's polar opposite. They represent, verse 4, notice this, they represent a wasted life. Calls them chaff. They're like chaff, which the wind driveth away. You cut grass with a lawnmower. You know what comes out the, the side? That's chaff in our day. That's just scrap grass. What's that good for? Uh, you say fertilize your yard. I don't know about that. You know what it does? It just blows, and then more wind picks it up and blows, and it has no direction. It has no purpose. It just blows here and blows there and blows here and blows there and good for nothing. He said that's the way the ungodly are. They're like the chaff. He says it better. 
Verse 5, uh, verse 4, The ungodly are not so, they're like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. And so this ungodly, they're just not so, and they represent this wasted life. God's got a purpose for your life. That's why you're created. Everything you created has a purpose. Don't live your life, die, without fulfilling God's purpose for your life. Don't live a wasted life. Don't have some poor old preachers try to stand up and you have never trusted Jesus Christ and try to, to tell how what a fine person and, and I'm, I'm not going to do that. You know what I do? Brother Jerome, I tell people about Jesus. When I'm over a wasted life who's rejected God, his son, his word, I just mention the name and I go on and tell them about Jesus. That's sad, real sad. The ungodly, number three, if you're taking notes, shall not stand in judgment. It's kind of, go back to the chaff again. Think of a piece of wheat that's been cut. It's just kind of limber. It's, it, can't raise its, it can't raise its head, you know, it has a head. It can't raise its head. It, it, just, it, can't, it has no way to defend itself. It's limber. It is no good. It has no strength to defend itself, to raise its head up. It, it can't stand in judgment. Nothing to say. I mean, what you going to say? You're standing before a holy God. There's no spiritual vitality whatsoever. They, they won't be able to raise their head. The point is, they won't be able to... They'll just be able to endure the judgment. Number four, look at verse five. The ungodly have no place in God's company, no place in the congregation of the righteous. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor see sinners in the congregation of the righteous. To me, this is one of the most saddest statements that you'll find in the word of God. Next to everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall not enter the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 7, 21. This has to be a sad statement. I mean, the point is this person cannot have fellowship with God. And at the same time, they can't be accepted in the fellowship of those that love one another, that pray for one another, that care for one another. They've rejected God and they've rejected the people of God. They're just to themselves. Separated from God, separated from those that love them. So the ungodly, different from the righteous, they're not, they're not you know, the ungodly not so. They represent a wasted life. The ungodly shall not not have strength to stand in the judgment. And then the ungodly has no place with God and the righteous. And I'll close with this. The ungodly go down to a dead-end street. Look at verse 6. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. He knows our way. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now that word perish, what does that mean? Um... They shall perish. You have stuff perish in your refrigerator. We buy bananas. They perish on top of our refrigerator. We buy them just to perish. 
Y'all do that? We put them on the refrigerator, and in about three days, we go buy some more and throw those away and let those perish. But they perish. Cabbage perish. Lettuce. You have the stuff turns green, not supposed to eat it, and it all perishes. It's good for nothing. The word in the Bible means to, to come to a dead end. Your life perishes. It comes to a dead end. No goal's been accomplished. No rewards will be given out. No achievements. Total, total destruction. Perished. Now, not annihilation, but you just lived a wasted life. Think of that. Oh, you go to work every day and you work so hard and you try to make a living for your family and you think you've done so good. You know what God says? He says your dead end is you've perished. You've not really accomplished nothing. Nothing. They follow the lifestyle with they follow the lifestyle without God. And it's led them to an end of nothing. Is that pretty picture? Pretty picture? No, that's ugly. That's ugly. And each one of us here today are painting a picture of our lives by the way we live our lives. And today, your life picture is pretty or it's ugly. And God wants to change your life if it's ugly. And he wants to make it beautiful. He wants to make it more than pretty. He wants to make it beautiful. And he can do that if you'll put your faith and trust in him. Give. He wants to give you purpose. And he wants to give you meaning and joy more than all. He wants to give you salvation. He wants to give you a godly life. A relationship with him. A life refusing to go in the direction of evil a life that will meditate on his law, a life that will mature and be dedicated to him, and a life will it, when it ends on earth, it won't be a perished life, but it will be a life eternal with him in a place called heaven. How's your picture? Pretty? Ugly. Need to stop in the middle of the portrait, make some changes, dress it up a little. That's what this invitation's about today. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to come into your presence and open your word and look at a contrast between the godly and the ungodly, the righteous, the unrighteous, the godly, the ungodly, the pretty, the ugly. I pray for each person here today if we, as we have examined our lives Help us, we pray, Lord, today. For those here who are on an ungodly path, good people, but ungodly, ungodly, without God. I pray today that you've spoken to their hearts, you've called them to salvation, and today, Father, that they would just slide up from where they're sitting and come and say, Brother Sammy, I want to know how to be saved. I want a godly life. I don't want to live this life, and at the end it just perish. And it amount to nothing but total destruction. And, Lord, and to enter that second death, which is known as the lake of fire. I don't want that in my life. I want a beautiful life, a godly life. You've blessed me with a beautiful family, perhaps. And 
I want a beautiful life, a godly life. I want to be saved. Others today may come, Lord, and say, I just want to stop in, in mid-portrait here, Lord, and make some changes. Ask you to forgive me and to, and to where I can just start a fresh today in my life's portrait to live a godly life. It's ugly right now, but you can remake that. And I want you to do that today, Lord. Maybe that's your prayer. So, Father, I pray today as people are making decisions, I pray today they would come. Thank you for what you're going to do in our invitation time. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.